The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life never be the same because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. I think what Linda forgot to mention was that the Lord upgraded her again last week, right? With another new BMW. So yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so uh, many weeks ago, we started a series talking about uh, the secret source uh, to our victory. And uh, the secret source to our victory is found in uh, 1 John uh, chapter number 5, verse 4. So quickly, let's go to 1 John chapter number 5, uh, verse 4. 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. And this is what it says. I'm reading in the New King James Bible. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, uh, our faith. And I want to read the same uh, scripture in, uh, in the New Living Translation. And if you uh, turn to the New Living Translation on your phones or on the screen right behind me, this is what it says. It says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And so uh, the secret source, really, what it is, is the secret source to a life of victory. Uh, God's will for every single one of us is to live our lives uh, uh, in a place of victory. He wants us to win. Thanks be, thanks be unto God who always causes us to do what? To, to triumph, to have victory. And so God wants us to live our lives in a place of victory, every single area of our lives. And like Linda was saying, you know, when we start to function in faith, uh, we will get the same results, regardless of our color, race, uh, gender, ethnicity, whatever. Uh, you know, the law of faith is a law, and when we learn how to work with it, we can uh, get the same results. Amen? And, um, you know, I was saying in the first service that uh, really what the Lord wants us to do is to turn uh, faith into a way of life, a lifestyle. Uh, faith is not a cheat code. For those of you who play games, you know, on the internet and stuff, you can get a cheat code and skip some stages. Uh, faith is not a cheat code. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is not a gimmick. Uh, faith is not some sort of magic thing that we use to try and get uh, things from the Lord. Faith is a way of life. This is why scripture says the just shall live how? Uh, by faith. And so uh, we, we are, God is calling all of his church to live uh, a life of faith. He wants us to uh, walk by faith and not by sight. That's what it means. It means we do everything that we do by faith. And when we do that, we get to see these kind of results. Now, faith is plodding. Faith is getting on that journey, and you stay uh, on it. Uh, we talked about the muscles of faith. You know, faith is like a muscle. You exercise your faith. You're going to develop those muscles. And uh, we, we also uh, talked about, you know, faith uh, being a, a lifestyle, something that we, we don't take a vacation from. It's something we don't run to only when we're in trouble and then, you know, resign uh, from it when, when things are fine. No, faith is our way of life. I, I was sharing a story in the first service. You know, my sister-in-law uh, was a director at a, 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 a company that does uh, these products for for uh, uh, skincare, skincare, right? And so she came the one uh, time and she gave me a voucher. She gave me a voucher and it was worth a lot of money. She said, hey, uh, uncle, I just want to give you this. And, and, you know, I'm not into that kind of stuff. So it took a lot of convincing for me to, to use the voucher. It was for a facial. So you go in there and they do all kinds of things on your face. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to do it. I don't see the, the point in any of that stuff. Massages and I don't go for massages. I don't see the point. You know, I just don't see the point it's i'm in fact i get ticklish when they start massaging i'm laughing and my wife is like man this is supposed to be a quiet environment i'm laughing hard you know i can't control myself and so she stopped taking me she goes alone now 
And so she gave me this facial thing. She said, man, you need to go because I'm doing a, a research. So you're going to be, a, a, you know, one of our clients. We want you to go in there and rate the service. So I went, you know, after much uh, encouragement. So I went in there. And then the lady uh, who was doing my uh, facial did what is called uh, skin mapping. So she, she's looking at my skin and she said, man, what do you use? And I can see the concern on her face. She said, what do you use? And so I said, man, I use Vaseline, trusted, since 1941. You know, I use from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. You know, I'm using, that thing works. She said, she said, she said this to me. She said, true story. She said, what you're doing is you are, you're frying your skin. And then she went on to uh, educate, you know, me on what I should do. And she told me this. This was right in there. She told me, she said, I want you to realize there's a difference between makeup. Now, I'm not picking on anybody that, that wears makeup. You should actually wear makeup. Just make sure it looks close to what you look like in real person. You know, so now I'm just saying, because you, you're going to use your phone to open that thing with your phone. So you don't want your thing locked because it can't recognize you and and don't put too much of it if you do just make sure it doesn't rain right you know i'm just saying and so and so she said this to me she said there's a difference she said there's a difference uh, between makeup and what i'm doing right now i said what are you doing right now she said what i'm doing now is called skincare I said, what's that? She said, I'm going right into the uh, pigmentation and I'm working on, uh, on the cells, the tissues, and I'm putting uh, vitamins in there and I'm putting nutrients in there and I'm working on your skin. And so true to, true to fact, after she was finished with me, I mean, my skin was like a baby. It was glowing. And she said, but it will not last uh, beyond the weekend. She said, but you can make it last. I said, how? She said, you're going to have to get on this regimen where you put that white stuff on your face and you can walk around your house for about 30 minutes, then you wash it off and so i did that for about two days i couldn't keep up i said man just forget it but here's the story here's the what she said she said the difference between skincare and makeup is that you know makeup will only last you a day but skincare is for a lifetime it's long term and so she was highly encouraging me to just move away from a life of just kind of you know doing in the now spiritually what i'm trying to say to you is you got to move from a, 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 a you know type of uh, a relationship with the lord where you just trying to you know fix some things just just kind of fix you know if you're for, for myself i got the shine and so they put some on it but she's saying man you can get a long-term fix and the long-term fix is faith when you get on that journey where you walk by faith man i'm telling you you're gonna have things that will not just affect you but things that are gonna affect your generation amen and so god is trying to get us to uh turn faith into a way of life we live by faith can i get an amen and so today we're gonna be looking at that and how you can function in it so let's go quickly now to hebrews chapter number 11 uh, verse 1 hebrews uh, chapter number 11 verse 1 and this is what it says it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it it what faith the elders obtained a good report and so if we are to obtain a good report uh, for our lives uh, the time that we're going to spend here on the earth uh, we need faith can i get an amen uh, you know, if you read the same verse in the Amplified uh, Classic, this is what it says. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. And so faith goes into the spiritual realm and takes a peep into the spiritual realm and, and, and it takes its confidence, its hope, right? Hope has to be pinned to something. You can't just hop on stuff. It has to be pinned to something. And here, the, the writer of Hebrews is telling us that our faith can be pinned to a confirmation, a title deed. And what is that title deed for you and I? That title deed is the word of God. It is the grace of God. It is the things that Jesus has already paid for. And when we find that out in scripture, we can take that as our title deeds and we can lay a claim on them. And here's what he says. He says it will become a reality in our lives. 
But it starts with the confirmation. You have to get the confirmation. You have to get the title deeds. Amen? You know, it's like if you go to a bank to try and get a loan, uh, sometimes they ask you for collateral, right? And, 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 and when they ask you for collateral, if your house is your collateral, they're not going to ask you to bring the house to the bank, right? But what they're going to ask you to do is to bring a title deed, and the title deed will be the proof that you own a house. Essentially, that's what God has done with his word. He has given us a title deeds to the promises, watch this now, that we already own. All we have to do is to put our confidence in that document, in the document that is called the Bible. And when you put your confidence in what Jesus has already paid for, man, I'm telling you, you already have your confirmation and your title deeds. And so our faith is not, uh, uh, you know, just aimless. It's not wishy-washy, but it's, it's, it's founded on the word of God. Amen. On the will of the word of God. Amen? Amen? And so if we go to Romans chapter number 10, verse 17, it tells you now how this faith will begin to, to come to you. Faith for the promises of God. Amen? And it says this. It says in Romans 10, verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, this is powerful. All faith comes by hearing. Amen? And, uh, you know, really your faith gr grows strong in the things that you value. You know, whatever information is presented, if you value it, uh, your faith is going to grow uh, strong in that thing. And, and, and here it's powerful. It says faith comes by hearing. Whatever you hear the most, that's what you're going to develop faith for. I remember 2020, uh, they were reporting on uh, COVID statistics every week. And what they were doing is they were building our faith in that thing, in that arena. And because of that, everybody was fearful. Now, COVID hasn't left the earth. They just stopped giving you that information. And because you have not been hearing it, you have, you, your faith for COVID just started uh, dying right and all of a sudden now you could rip that sucker off your face and now you're walking around free no the dude hasn't left town he's still in town the reason why you are confident is because you stopped valuing or you stopped hearing what they were saying about that dude amen and so it is with God's word. When you hear God's word and you hear what Jesus has already uh, uh, paid for you, if you don't get to hear it and you don't get to uh, know about it, you can't lay a hold for it. This is why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's powerful because the Bible then has two sections, right? It's got the New and the Old Testament. And that word testament simply means will. You know, uh, uh, just like a person can write a will before they die, when they die, then they'll use that will to distribute their inheritance. So similarly, uh, Jesus died for us and the New Testament, the new will, the new covenant was activated and it belongs to you. It's got your name on it. But if you don't go to the reading of the will to find out what's in there, if Bill Gates put your name in that thing, man, you better go to the reading of the will. Well, you have someone who has put your name in a will that's better than what Bill Gates owns. Or better yet, you could go to the right reading of the will and, uh, and just decide to fall asleep on the part that they're reading about your name. Aren't your neighbor and say, just wake up, just wake up, wake up, just wake up. Amen? Now, if that thing goes over your head, oh, you could be at the reading of the will, but you leave your mind at home. You know, thinking about what we're going to have for lunch or for dinner or, you know, what we're going we're gonna to take care of. And you miss the part that has your name on it. You miss out on what God, Jesus, has already paid for and rightly belongs to you. And so you'll miss out on this will. And so faith comes when we hear about stuff. Now, remember, I went to church uh, pretty much uh, 52 uh, uh, times every year when growing up for, for 22 years. I was in church, and uh, they never read the part of the will that talks about prosperity. And because of that, I could not have faith for it. And so I struggled for 22 years of my life, not because Jesus hadn't made a provision for it, but because no one told me about it. That's all I needed for somebody to tell me about it. When I heard that Jesus had already paid for it, guess what I did? I went to the claims court and I said, listen, there's a prosperity that Jesus paid for. That's got my name on it. Can I have some of it? And it started to manifest in my life. Amen. And so you have to hear something. 
This is why faith and ignorance are impossible roommates. Faith and ignorance are impossible roommates. They can't stay together. One has to move out. If you choose ignorance, faith has to pack his bags. Uh, faith is going to pack his bag and go find somewhere else to live. If you choose the word of God and knowledge of God's word, then faith and, and, and victory are going to be produced in your life. Can I get an amen? Now, let's go to Luke chapter number 17, verse 1. Verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter number 17, verse 1 to 10. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, uh, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe unto him uh, through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, in a different place, uh, Jesus actually said seven times seventy. And so he's not, you know, for, this is for one thing. If someone offends you seven times 70, that's 490 times for one thing in a day. He's not saying you should keep count, you know, 237, 238. He's just trying to show you that there shouldn't be any limit to your forgiveness. Can I get an amen? And so after the disciples heard this, it's powerful what their uh, response was. Uh, you know, the disciples spent time with Jesus. He taught on many subjects. Not at any point did they ever ask for more faith. But in verse 5, after he taught them about forgiveness and, and uh, limitless forgiveness, this is what the disciples say. And the apostles said unto the Lord, you're going to have to increase our faith. Increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith uh, as a mustard seed. Now a mustard seed is a little tiny seed that if I held it from up here, you wouldn't see it. He says this. He says your faith, that the problem is not the size of your faith. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. So the problem is not the size of your faith, but the problem is you're not releasing the faith that you already have. That's what he's saying. He's saying if you start releasing the force of faith towards this mulberry tree, it's going to move. Amen? And then he says this. Verse 7. He's talking about faith. He says, and which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will you not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things he were commanded uh, him to do? I think not. And so Jesus is still talking about faith and he's saying faith is a servant. And you must use your faith. You must send your faith to places. And he's not trying to show you how to treat, you know, the people that help at your house. He's not saying, you know, when the, those people come back, you must just send them all over. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying the thing you should be sending all over is your faith. He's saying you must get your faith involved in every single thing that you do in your life. He's saying don't get to do it yourself because you got faith that should do the work for you. And so faith is your servant. And when you realize you have faith as your servant, spiritually, you won't get to do the dish. I'm talking spiritual, not in the natural. Now, don't get home and say, faith is my servant. He's going to do the dish. It's not going to happen. But Jesus is saying this. He's saying when it comes to life issues, send your faith to do the work in your marriage. Oh, just one amen right here in the front. Send your faith to do the work in your business. Send your faith to do the work in your body. You know, some of you do way too much in the natural because you haven't realized you have a servant. See, I've started uh, uh, this hobby. I, I play golf. You know, I started playing golf and we go out and play. And, and uh, we do, now I'm taking lessons, you know. And so I went for lessons. And, and, and Jan is my, is my tutor. He said, come to her. Show me your swing. And I took that thing. and He said, man, the problem is you're doing too much. He said, let the club hit the ball. You are trying to hit the ball. And some of you are the ones who are trying to do the stuff. God hasn't called you to do the stuff. He has called your faith to be the ones that's doing the stuff. This is why when Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb, I mean, it was a four-word prayer, three-word prayer. Lazarus, come 
forth. It was a three-word prayer. Some of you, when you get, if you get the opportunity to get to the tomb, you're going to be doing way too much because you don't realize you have something. You have a servant. I mean, he gets, I'm just saying, when he got to the tomb, he didn't say, oh, Lord, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know what you did for Joseph. Oh, Lord, I, I'm just praying right now. I'm just praying. No, no, Jesus didn't do any of that. Why? He, because he knew he had a servant that God had ordained for it to serve him. And that servant was faith. And so he stood and said, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? Faith sprang into action. Don't do the work your servant is supposed to do. But you've got to learn how to release faith. You've got to learn how to send the servant. And we learned last week that we release that faith, you know, uh, uh, through the words of our mouth. Uh, Pastor H, you want to come on up? Just come on up. Let, let's, let's do this once again, right? Let's, let's do this. Uh, who's going to be the devil? Let's get someone to be the devil. <coughs> I need the devil. Someone has got to play the devil. I, I need one person to volunteer to be the no one is coming. Q, come on up. <laughs> Q said, man, I'm not, no. No, I don't want to be the devil. Amen. And so, so Pastor H is the, is the one that, that God has, gi has given the servant. So I'm the servant, right? I'm faith. And so I'm just waiting, sticking around uh, a Pastor H, waiting for him to give me stuff to do. Just like your servant at home, right? He's waiting for you to give him instructions. Go do this for me. Go do the other. That's what Jesus is saying. And so faith is just sticking around. He has been given to you to serve you. So he's sticking around. He's just waiting for you to send him. How do you send him? You send him through the, the, the voice of your word. You, you, say, you activate, you take God's word and you release it and Faith, you know, uh, goes to action to bring to pass the things that God has already paid for. And so this is the object. This is the person. And, and there happens to be another person here who, who, who is in between your promise and the spiritual realm, right? Not in the, in the sense of a real enemy because he's, to, truth be told, he's a pushover. Jesus has already defeated him, but he still, you know, tries to, to act like he's got some power. The only power he has is to deceive you. So he's going to be talking to you. He's going to be talking to you. And so Pastor H, is, 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 he feels a pain in his shoulder. What is he going to do? He's going to release a word, right? Uh, by his stripes, I am healed. And what am I supposed to do as faith, as the servant? Go get some healing from the realm of grace, right? And as I go to get the, the healing, you know, I'm going to start walking towards the healing. If Pastor H goes, but my shoulder still hurts, then, uh, you know, I have to come back and we have to do it all over again. Because he just gave another instruction that contradicts the first one he gave me. Can I get an amen? And so we have to learn how to send the servant, give him instruction, and never change it. If Pastor H says, you know, I only have 300 rand in my account, uh, but, you know, I believe uh, uh, Philippians chapter number 4, uh, verse 19, uh, he will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, so my needs are met. What does that say to the servant? Faith, let's go get these needs met. As I start to go and, and get the needs met, we've got to get a job, get some things for the man so he can get the needs. And if he goes ahead and says, but you know, I'm not even sure how I'm going to make it to the end of the month. I have to come back. <laughs> Let's start it all over again. You've got to learn how to send the servant and let him send. In other words, say something and keep it said. This is why Jesus spoke to the fig tree. What did he say? He says, uh, be dried up from the roots. What happened to the servant faith? He went and started working on the tree. Nothing happened in the natural, right? But Jesus didn't move. He didn't worry about it. It took 24 hours. Jesus didn't say, oh, I guess that one didn't work. All the other ones worked, but I guess this one didn't work. Otherwise, that would have canceled the instruction given to the servant faith. No, Jesus didn't say any of that. What did he do? He held on. We learned last week, Hebrews 4.14, you've got to hold on on to the confession of your faith watch this now without wavering wavering simply means you're double-minded and he says if you're double-minded you will not receive anything from the lord why because as soon as your servant starts to go you're going to say something else he has to come back by stripes i'm healed let's go oh the doctor said i'm not gonna get oh And it happened in Daniel's life. Daniel prayed in Daniel chapter number 10 and the, 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 the faith went to work, right? Bringing the promises of God back to Daniel. And as he was coming back, the Bible says there was a prince of Persia 
who withstood him for what? 21 days. And so what's Daniel supposed to do? Just hold on to what he has said. Hold on to believing that he who had promised was also faithful to bring it to pass. And when he did that, the Bible says, his faith recruited another person. Who was it? Michael. And they came, defeated this dude, and they brought the promise back to pass. What happened in Abraham's life? God came and told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I've made you the father of many nations. It's a fact. Now leave your father's house, go to a land that I will show you, and there I'm going to give you a son. And so Abraham took his steps of faith, and what that meant was his servant, what? Faith had gone to work to bring what? Isaac to pass. And as he went to work, uh, uh, you know, Abraham decided to have a, a, a clever idea, better than God's idea. He says, hey, Sarah, you know, this thing is not working. Let's get, you know, uh, Hagar, let's have another kid, let's have Ishmael, so they had Ishmael, so the dude had to come back, faith is to come back and wait another season to be sent. And so what's this dude doing? This dude is just here talking to you. Whenever you say, by his stripes I'm healed, this dude says, no you're not. No you're not. And he touches your shoulder. You know, you just, hey, let's feel it. Or you say, you know, uh, God is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He will bring the figure in your account to your face. He will just remind you, 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 you got 200 rand. <laughs> you come and say, we got, you whisper it into your ear. Because he wants you to say something that's contrary to God's word. So that your faith doesn't work. This is why faith is superior to the natural circumstances. When you say it, you have to keep it said. Someone shout, I am healed. Someone shout, I am prosperous. And someone shout, that settles it. Amen. Amen. That means we don't say anything else that contradicts what we have told the servant of faith to act on our behalf. Amen. Thank you, fellas. Praise the Lord. And so I have to say this, but you've got to get the servant of faith involved, watch this now, in every area of your life. This is why Jesus says, when he comes back from the field, send him to go make food. When he comes back from making food, send him to go wash the car. When he comes from washing the car, send him to go do the garden. What is he saying? Jesus is saying, use this faith, apply this faith in every area of your life. Send him to go take care of things in your business. Send him to go take care of things in your ministry. Send him to go take care of things in your marriage. Send him to go take care of things uh, with your kids. Some of you don't know that it takes faith to raise kids. You're raising these things in the natural, kind of almost possible. You're sending them to all these different programs that people come. Man, it's going to be faith. It takes you laying hands on them little rascals and casting out these, these things that are trying to get a hold of them. Can I get an Amen. It's going to take you pulling out the rod. That's what the Bible says. Now, the social workers don't agree with this, but the Bible says if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And I choose to go with the Bible. Just one amen over here. And so we raise them up, watch this now, in a household of faith. So that 24 years later, we're not running around trying to talk to the pastor. See, people have faith and confidence in us. And, and I pity them sometimes. Because they don't want to walk by faith, but they think they can just come to our office and say, you know, my son is acting, pastor, can you do something? They will think we have some little something in the drawer that we can wave over them. and they start. No, you should have been doing it when they were four years old. Lay hands on them and start speaking life. When the teachers they say he's not going to amount to nothing, you, you speak something else that God says in his word. My children are the blessed of the Lord. And they shall be a blessing to the nations. Can I get an amen? Man, it's, it's a different way of life. Amen? People will, will not uh, uh, apply faith in their marriage. Just act the fool. Treat their spouse some kind, any kind of way. Just treat them any kind of way. Uh, two years, three years, four years. You're treating them any kind of way. And then one day they wake up from their slumber. They say, man, this fool has been treating me like, a, like, like I'm some kind of cheap product from, from Chinatown or some sort. <laughs> now I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm done. And they come and they tell you, man, I'm done. I want out of it. You come to the pastor. Pastor, wave that thing. I don't have that thing to wave. You sh you sh get on that journey of faith. Can I get an amen? So I'm just saying faith is a journey. It's, it's not a trick. It's not a gimmick. 
You know how you apply faith? I mean, James gave it to us in the most practical way three weeks ago. He says if someone comes to you and they say, man, I'm cold. It's cold outside. I need a jacket. If you say to them, let me pray for you, that's the wrong answer. And sometimes there's a place for prayer. Now, I'm all for prayer. Sometimes there's a place for prayer, but sometimes there's also a place where you open the door for your wife to go first. Oh, just one amen over here. Sometimes there's a place where the lift opens and you allow your wife to go first. I'm just saying, this will preach. And you do all of that by faith. Okay, moving right along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all didn't like that one. You may not come back next week. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so Jesus said, you know, faith is your servant. And so there's some things that you serve, but there's some things that you're supposed to, uh, uh, they're supposed to serve you, right? And you've got to understand the difference. And this is a, you know, a simplified diagram that I, you know, uh, I drew in the first service of how life looks like as a child of God, Right? God is always supreme. He's always at the top, right? And so we, we, we always worship God and we worship him as sons. So we are God's sons, right? The reason I call everybody sons is because God wants us to inherit from him. And so he has given us a spirit of sonship, all of us, male and female. And so we are God's sons. And so we worship God, right? We are God's sons, but we serve people. God has called us to serve. Right? Who are we serving? We're serving people. We serve people and we are the master of the devil. This is the simple diagram. You know, Satan has been put under your feet. Now, the problem is some people mess it up. You know, we are the master of the devil. We are the master of circumstances. Right? circumstances we are the master of money and some people mess it up they move this dude over here they start serving money and become the master of people god never meant you go read it in genesis 126 he never said he's put dominion on men so that they can exercise dominion over other people it's it's over the birds of the air the, the animals that creep on the land and the, the fish in the sea. That's where you exercise your dominion. You don't exercise your dominion uh, on other human beings. Can I get an amen? And so this is why when you understand this diagram, you know that you, you serve people. That's what God has called us to do. It is to serve people. Not to worship people. We only worship God. Amen. And we don't serve circumstances. We don't serve the devil, that's for sure. And we don't serve money. Better yet, we don't worship money. Can I get an amen? amen? And so this diagram has to always be in check every single day of your life. Am I, am I worshiping God? And am I serving people? And am I the master of my circumstances? You know, there are people who worship their circumstances. And people, you know, go to a doctor and the doctor say, man, you got uh, a diabetes type you know, D, and they come to us and say, oh, you, you, oh, you, you, let me tell you something about me. I've got diabetes type, type D. That's what I do here. I've got that thing. Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a diabetic. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And they meet with other diabetic people and they start worshiping that sucker. God never told you to worship circumstances. You are supposed to be the master over circumstances. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter number 8. You're going to see it in action. Matthew chapter number 8 from verse 5 uh, to 13. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, God has already paid for your healing by grace. Amen. I said God has already paid for your healing by grace. Amen. God has new organs paid for. Jesus already paid for. He has new organs. I think it was two weeks ago, uh, uh, Tabelo was in hospital. He's right here with us this morning. He was in hospital. They, they were saying, man, we're going to uh, carry out some tests on Monday and Tuesday. We want to slit you open. And uh, we prayed. All of us prayed, joined our faith. You remember as a church, we prayed together. Uh, uh, Nikki was there. She released her faith. All of us prayed in the middle of the night. I believe the angel of the Lord went in there. Faith went to action. S uh, spiritually, 
uh, operated on him, put new organs in there. And when they came Monday morning to uh, do their test, they said, hey, listen, you have a liver like a baby. Your liver is like a brand new liver. You have a brand new kidney. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, what happened there? What happened is the church joined together, released a word for healing, right? And the faith went as a servant to take care of business. A uh, cue, you know, whenever we, went, we go and play golf, a cue, you know, because his eyes see far. You know, when I hit the ball, I look at him and say, did you see that? He said, I can see it. And I can see it. I'm I'm, man, where is that ball? He says, man, I can see it. It's right next to that tree. I said, man, how come you have eyes? He says, Pastor T, this way. He said, Pastor T, it's a miracle, whatever. I said, what happened? He said, I was in a prayer meeting 20 years ago. He said, I was in a prayer meeting 20 years ago. My eyes were giving me problems. And some, some men of God came in there. And he said, we're going to believe God for new eyes. And he said, it's the first time he heard that. He said, man, I'm going to believe God for new eyes. And while he's in that meeting, the, the, the Holy Ghost came on him. Boom, brand new eyes. And now we hit, and we hit them far. <laughs> now we hit, we hit them far. We were playing golf with Arthur, with Arthur Q, myself, and, and we hit them. And all of us, Arthur, he, Arthur picked up on it. This is the guy with the eyes. Now I'm telling you what God did for Q 20 years ago, he can do for you today. All you've got to do is release your faith for a brand new something. Amen. You release that faith. Don't let it rest. See, some of you are releasing your faith, but you're bringing it back. You know, you get with your girls and the, your girls start telling you, you know, girl, there are no eligible bachelors in this country. They're no, they nowhere to be found. And, and just join in on that conference. Now your faith is with you. Your servant to go and look for an eligible, uh, uh, a good-looking, tall, dark, and handsome, rich man of God. Oh, no. Oh, no, girl. You don't understand. They are all crazy. They are all crazy. They are no, they're, they're no uh, single people in the church. Plenty. You're just walking with the wrong eyes. Amen. Amen. Faith also sees of things that are not as though they are. That will preach. Maybe you are the catalyst for them to get a six pack. Talk to Pastor H. Pastor H will tell you, oh boy, when he got married, he got on this healthy regimen. Now he's like, man, I lost 20 kgs. I'm like, I know it's Bertha. She's the one. She's the one fixing you. Man, you got to see things that are not as though they are. Someone came to me, went to my wife. She said, uh, uh, you know, I wish I could uh, meet someone like your husband. She said, you wouldn't want him when I met him. <laughs> she, said, she said it took eyes of faith to see, to see potential. <laughs> Some of you need the eyes of faith, amen? <laughs> but by the time they're already made, they're taken, amen? you got to make them yourself. I'm just saying, you gotta, you, you, I'm just saying, listen to what he says in, in Matthew 8, uh, 5 to 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion come, uh, came to him asking for help. He said, Lord, uh, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said unto him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. What did this centurion understand? That there is a servant called faith that gets the job done. So Jesus himself doesn't have to actually come and get the job done. There is a servant. Jesus is a servant and is called faith and he will go and take care of business. All Jesus has to do is speak the word only. Amen. And what did Jesus say? Uh, verse 10. Uh, Jesus heard this. He was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I say unto you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. He understood how things work. Amen. That you and I don't have to be the ones trying to do the job. God hasn't called you to be the one performing miracles. You can't. But he has given you a servant called faith and he's the one to get the job done. All you have to do is to release the force of faith. With your words. What you say, keep it said. Amen. I said amen. Someone shout, I'm prosperous. 
Someone shout, all my needs are met. Someone shout, I'll never be broke. Another day in my life. I'm blessed with abundance so that I can be a blessing to the nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you confess that while you're catching the taxi. I'm blessed. I'm called to be a blessing to the nations. And before you know it, he said it's like a sheep, right? It's like a steering on the sheep. Your mouth, your tongue is like a steering through the sheep. That's what James said. He said, you begin to say that, you'll see the sheep slowly turning. And ships is talking about the atmosphere in the city. Some of those things are big. He said, man, you can literally see the atmosphere in the city uh, 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 changing when people learn how to use their mouth and release the force of faith. Amen. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, faith is waiting for you to give the instruction. If you go to Psalm over there, he says the angels are waiting to excel in strength at the voice of his word. Who gives the word the voice? We do. And when we speak it, the angels spring forth into action. Man, you can't run at your giant quiet. You're going to get whipped. You better start learning how to talk right. Hallelujah. Let's end with this. Luke 1. Luke 1. Uh, chapter, chapter number 1, right? Verse 11. And so grace has already paid for it. It's time for our faith to grab a hold of it. You know, last week I got a testimony uh, from Chris Allen. Uh, he, he, he's an actor out in, in Hollywood. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, some of you know the, the uh, uh, things that he has acted in. You know, I don't watch movies, so I don't know any of this stuff. You know, I watch half a movie a year. True story. You know, a quarter of a movie a year. You know, I fall asleep first 15 minutes. My mind plays tricks on me. In fact, it doesn't. Because some of those movies try to suck me in emotionally. And my mind tells me, actually, this is fake. They're all actors. Those are crocodile tears. And, and then I just fall asleep. I'm like, Psh. And my wife loves movies. So we went to watch uh, uh, Black Panther. You know, we went to watch Black Panther. And uh, five minutes into it, my brother-in-law told me, he said, man, this thing is it's, it's, it's amazing. So I went in there with a high expectation. I'm ready to watch this thing. Five minutes, I'm gone, man. I'm just... I'm just suffering for... You take me out to watch movies, I'll be suffering. That's what you call suffering for Jesus, right? That's just, and so, uh, Chris Allen, right? You thought I forgot. Chris Allen, that's what we're talking about. He sent me a testimony. He said last week, you know, uh, two testimonies actually. The first one was, he got a deal to, to be one of the actors in, uh, in a game, the NBA basketball game, NBA uh, 20, 22. So he's going to be 4K. He's going to be acting in there, doing the basketball moves and stuff. And he said, Pastor T, this one's good because whether I do the work or I don't, they're still going to pay me. So he's going to be flying out from Los Angeles to New York to do these things. He's done many other movies and uh, a few of the people that we minister to out there, you know, do movies. And so they have to work with uh, uh, agencies. And so he was saying, you know, they owed him a lot of money. And so while he was listening to Pastor T, a word came. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word came that God is getting taking care of delays, right? That's what she said last week. And he received that word. He said, this is for me. And he sent an email and he said he was watching the sermon on YouTube, right? Before the sermon finished, they had already released his checks and they were sending them back to him. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this stuff works. Uh, uh, Rufi, she's one of the top uh, people there at United Nations. Rufi, she comes to this church. And so she's stationed in a country that she didn't, you know, uh, 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 she enjoyed. I mean, she's a boss there. She enjoyed it. Uh, but because of uh, uh, her, her, she was walking a straight line, right? She's with integrity. And so she, she was taking care of some business there. And some people who were, you know, cheating the system, corrupt people, didn't like it. And so they said, man, we're going to persecute you. You're calling in, giving a promise. She went to God. She said, God, I want to get out of here. Give me a new place to go to. Within a week, she got a, a deployment in another place, not to be a boss now, to be the boss's boss. Amen. I said, amen. And so I'm saying all of these testimonies to say, man, you got to watch how you speak. Because your servant faith is waiting for you to say something. Do you know how much power you have? Do you know how much power you have? Jesus knew. I mean, my wife said it nicely last week. She said, all Jesus did was speak and walk away. And this is what she said. She said, that was so gangster. 
And this week, I started to think about it and, and what gangsters do. And I watched this movie many years ago. In the 90s, there was a movie called The Godfather. And I went and I watched that movie. It started playing in my mind. If you remember, right at the opening scene, there's this guy, Don Corleone. He's the boss, right? And it's, a, it's at his uh, daughter's wedding. And so people are coming in with problems. They're saying the other guy came. He said, you know, they beat up my daughter and, and so on and so forth. Can, I, can you help me? And he said, okay, I'll take care of that. And then this one actor came and he came in there and he said, Don, Don, you know, this big Hollywood uh, uh, director won't give me the role. And so the Don said to him, Don Corleone, I mean, he's massive, right? He's holding a cat in his hand. He's petting the cat. And, and he's, he's, he's got no pressure because he knows his words hold power. And so he says, he says, are you taking care of your family? Are you spending time with your family? And the man said, yes. He says, because only a real man spends time with his family. And then he turned around and he says, so what's happening with this big shot? He says, you won't give me a role. He says, oh, no, don't worry about it. You'll get the role in a month. And then the man said, but the shooting starts in one week. And he turned around and he said, don't worry. <laughs> I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Oof, that will preach. Man, God has given you the power. To make offers that the enemy can't refuse. Because Jesus has already paid for it by grace. The enemy can't refuse my healing. The enemy can't refuse my prosperity. The enemy can't refuse my peace. That goes beyond supernatural understanding. Why? Because Jesus has already paid for it. If Jesus says yes, guess what? It's a yes for me. Mr. Devil, I'll make you an offer that you can't refuse. Amen. Amen. He said, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. And so he went over there, man, without being graphic, he went and made an offer you couldn't refuse. The Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, he came back, he says, we're giving him the role. Amen. He took care of business. Let's go to Luke. Where did I tell you to go? Luke. Luke 1. Uh, verse 11. Uh, so we're talking about Zechariah, right? Or Zachariah, if you're from where I'm from, Zachariah. Zechariah. Uh, and the Bible says, you know, uh, Zechariah was an old man. His wife, uh, Elizabeth, she was barren. And so they had never had children. And Zechariah was a priest. And so he went in there to perform his priestly duties, spend time with the Lord in there. And while he was in there, believing God for a, for a son, uh, this is what happened. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right uh, side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And so Zechariah was praying, I believe I'm going to be a father. And Zechariah is declaring, My seed shall be blessed. This is in a moment of, of faith, right? And the angel came and he said this. He said, because you released your faith, uh, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a son. He's going to be called John. And he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be a, a great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. Uh, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Isn't this awesome? Watch this. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their uh, children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angels. Now Zechariah turned from being a man of faith and he started looking around. He said, man, this is too good. This is just awesome. I know PT said I'll never be broke another day in my life, but let me log into my FMB and check to see if my standard bank. Absolutely. Let me see. Let me see if this is. No, no, no. Your, your, your proof is not, is not in your circumstances. It is not in what you can perceive with your senses. Your proof is in what he says. And so he started looking around, and this is what he said. He said, uh, how can I be sure of this? You can be sure of it because God said so. Yes. Now, he wanted to look for proof in the natural. So he says, how can I be sure of this? Ha, I'm an old man. I have no metric. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm from Zimbabwe. I'm from Zambia. I'm from South Africa. I'm from Soweto. 
Now he started pointing to things that he thought, I don't have matric. Hey, I never went to a university. God never said any of that. Did y'all see that? God said, you're going to have a son. And he said, no, no, that's not going to happen. I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. As if the Lord didn't know any of this when he said what he said. God knows you're black. He knows you didn't pass matric. He knows that. It doesn't matter to him. Amen? I said amen. amen. He knows all of that. It doesn't matter to him. When he gave his word, he knew all of that. In fact, sometimes it works better when you're disqualified disadvantaged and disqualified it just works like a charm because you know you are in the room because God brought you in amen, amen. I was I was looking at uh, at the lineup next month in two weeks time we're going to be preaching at wealth builders in Denver Colorado 600 business people coming from all over uh, the place and we're going to be ministering there I looked at the lineup guess who was the least qualified your man's It's the only black dude there on the lineup. It's the only, it's only, it's the only guy with color and swag. And, you know, blackness comes with swag too. It's the only guy with swag. Amen? Amen. It's the only guy with, uh, with, from uh, a small country. And within the small country, a small city, within the small city, a small neighborhood. They didn't even give us a name. They called us Section 5. We were a proper statistic. It's the guy from the list. So I didn't get in the room through my own wisdom. You best believe that. It's awesome. When God puts you in there, it's awesome. And so God had taken care of, God knew all of this. When he said to, to Zechariah, you're going to have a child. So don't disqualify yourself. And so what did he say? Uh, uh, he said, I'm an old man and my wife is well along the years. And verse 19, then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of the Lord and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. This is good news. And now, because of what you said, verse 20, you will be silent. Now, if your words have got nothing to do with it, why is the angel going through the lens and the, 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 the effort of making him silent? He knew that this man over here, standing here, could issue uh, 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 an order. He could use something. He could speak something recklessly that would call their servants back before they accomplished the birth of John the Baptist. So the best way, hey, instead of going back and forth with him, just keep him quiet. Put him on mute. And some of you, just some of you, not everybody, in fact, not you guys here, the ones who didn't come. They just need to be silent until the breakthrough has come. And some of you are believing God for a house. I'm just saying, husband and wife, hey, if you are the one who understands this principle, you're the one who came to church, just go back home and say, we're not going to talk about this until it's come to pass. Because you know every time they open their mouth, they're going to say something negative. You believe in God for a child? Just say, hey, listen, we're going to keep quiet about this. If you want to talk, you will only speak in faith. And so the angel said, we're going to put you on mute. Until there's an expiry date. When, when are you going to be on mute? He says, we're going to put you on mute. You're going to be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because if we let you talk, you have not learned how to speak right. Because you did not believe my words, you will come true, which will come true at their appointed time. And so we know that, you know, uh, Elizabeth went on to give birth to John. She said, we're going to name him John. And the relatives came, you know, there's always relatives that will come. They said, hey, listen, we can't name him John. No one is called John in your family. And so Elizabeth, she said, man, you go talk to Zechariah. Now, Zechariah at this point is still mute. She said, you go talk to Zechariah and, and whatever name Zechariah gives you, uh, that's the name we're going to give to him. Now, Zechariah at this point has learned his lessons. And so he knows, I don't have to be creative with my words. I don't even have to be creative with the name of the child. All I have to do is to say the same thing. Isn't that what the centurion say? Speak the word only. 
At this point, he said, I know. The Lord said he shall be called John. And so they went to Zechariah. They said, what shall the name of the child be? And for the first time, his mouth loosed when he had learned to speak as God speaks. As I'm telling you, the right way to use your mouth is to wait until you're convinced in your heart. When I open my mouth, I'm going to speak as the Lord would speak on this situation. You know, a lot of people uh, don't think, you know, Pastor C and I have, have problems because we just don't share it with them. And, and, and the reason we don't do that is because we don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry just if I get a flu and I come here and I say, man, I have a flu. In fact, I come with symptoms. During COVID, I'd come and preach with symptoms. If I came here and say, man, I'm preaching and I got symptoms, the whole front row would be empty. <laughs> and people would be saying, oh, did you hear that? He got symptoms. And they start speaking into it. And so you know what I did? I'll just keep it quiet. Keep it to myself. And I wouldn't even say anything about it until I was convinced in my heart that if I open my mouth to speak, I'm going to speak exactly what the Lord would have said about this situation. And can I be honest with you? God will never say anything in a panic mode. God is never panicked. He will never say, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. God will release a word to turn that situation around. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So how do we speak? <clears throat> Someone shout, Jesus Christ. Has borne my sickness and carried my pain. He was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted for me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well being was upon him. With his stripes that wounded him. I am healed. I am made whole. I now have perfect health in my body. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Every cell, every tissue functions to the perfection to which God created it to function. Divine life flows through my body. Divine life shall flow through my children's bodies. All my children live their lives in divine health. I possess divine health and with long life I am satisfied. That's how you talk over your body. Amen. I said amen. Now how do you talk uh, over your finances? God is my endless source. He pays my every bill and meets my every need in proportion to his unlimited resources in heaven by Christ Jesus. I trust in the living God who gives me richly all things to enjoy. My bills are paid. I will not suffer lack Opportunities will find me. Job opportunities are mine globally in the name of Jesus. Amen. That was the Holy Ghost. I threw that in there because someone else came to our live group. They said, man, I came to this church. I heard everybody talking about global, global thing. And I moved my mind from just thinking about, you know, where I was and, and, and where we are. And just my, and they started thinking a little bit bigger. And before they knew it, they got an offer to go to, to work in Netherlands. Came to me after service last week. Said, my past pastor, my visa is approved. I'm taking my family out there. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to be controversial. I'm getting ready to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm the one with the microphone. Don't let these African politicians hold you hostage to your future. 
Now that's strong right there. God has called you for global impact. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't let them, don't let you know these these dudes hold you hostage. It's time to think bigger than than these crazy people. Amen. And and you are not helpless. Now what kind of pastor sends people away? This one. And I'll send half of you if I have to for you to have a better life. For you to walk by faith, fulfill every dream that God has put on the inside of you. That's my heart. If all of you come and say, hey, God is, in fact, when, once all of you come and say, God is taking me, I'm, I'm going to have to follow some of you somewhere. <laughs> so it'll work either way. Can I get an amen? Someone shout, wealth and riches are in my house. I submit myself to God, my miracle provider. I resist the spirit of poverty in Jesus' name. Flee from me right now. The Lord is my provider. Jehovah Jireh. Not my job. Not my business. Therefore, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Amen. Amen. Man, God will take care of it. You just step out, do what he has called you to do. You'll take care of it. You know, I told you about we're traveling in two weeks. And, uh, you know, we were getting ready to look for a hotel. And, uh, you know, for, for Los Angeles. Because we're going to spend some time with our guys in Los Angeles there. We're planning to plant a church there in, in Faith Hill in Los Angeles. And, by the way, we're planning to plant a church in Arare, Zimbabwe. Faith Hill Church. Arare, Zimbabwe. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so if that's an opportunity to give to. If you want to give to us that, you want to be a part of that, it's going to be fun. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and so we were... Uh, uh, we booked something we booked a hotel in there and uh the, the people on the ground there they called us they said where did you book they said they said we want to pay for that they said no it's already paid for they said oh no 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 we're gonna have to refund you because we are the ones who the lord told to pay for that and so they gave us a refund I thought that was great. And then they went on to say, okay, because you're coming through Los Angeles and you're going to fly to uh, uh, Colorado afterwards, we want to take care of your flight. And so I said, okay, you go ahead and do that. And they took care of the flight, sent us the tickets. And the ticket, you know, when your ticket comes with a seat, a number already assigned to it, then you know you're flying good. Because everybody else has to find out the night before where they're going to be sitting. Now, when you know two months in advance where you're going to be sitting, you know you're flying good. And the seat number said 1A and 1B. And so it caught my attention. Caught my attention. I started looking to see uh, what that meant. And it didn't even say uh, business. It said first class. You know your boy wasn't going to buy himself with his own money. A first class ticket. I, I mean, I could buy a pair of shoes with that kind of money. And the Lord knew that, so the Lord found somebody else. It's the first time. It's the first time ever. It took me 42 years believing that one day I'm across that curtain. What happens inside that curtain? 42 years of lying. I don't know what happens in that curtain. The Bible says Jesus tore the veil, and I'd look at that curtain. I said, one day I'm, I'm going to get in there. Amen. Man, I would walk past business and just touch those seats. Man, one day I'm going I'm, I'm to fly. And man, I'm telling you, when you get in there, when you, when you fly coach, and God has you know, upgraded us to first class, like when you fly coach, man, you, you can't even celebrate. It's rough in there because you don't know who you're going to sit next to. It's, it's, you, you got anxiety attacks. You know, but every time I would walk past first class, uh, they're already toasting. They, the people are toasting uh, non-alcoholic champagne cheers. I'm thinking, we haven't even taken off. What are you celebrating? Now, I'm going to be one of those. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm going to touch everything I can touch. And I'm going to come and tell you all about it. Amen. 
And I'm telling you, God is good. God is good. And we want to pray for anyone that's got pain and or sickness in their body. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, this is a faith church. And, and if you look around, you're surrounded by faith people. Man, you talk to some of our life group leaders. They pray for people. They're praying for people. Seeing people healed left, right, and center. They, and, 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 and man, believers are praying for people over Zoom. And seeing them healed of all kinds of things. And so you are in a faith place right now. And so don't, 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 don't go the same way you came. Whether it's lower back pain, it's things you've had for 35 years, 40 years. Man, I'm telling you, Jesus wants to heal you. And today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. And so we're going to pray for you. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. And we're going to, we're going to pray for you. I see those hands. Come on, faith you. Just turn around. Believers, you know what to do. Just go put your hand on them. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you. Come on, begin to pray and release life. You know what to do. Send that servant of faith into that body. And tell that body to be healed. Thank you, Jesus. From the top of the head to the sole of the feet. New organs. No more pain. In the name of Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and tell that body what to do. Thank you, Jesus. You already got it. The same life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And it's quickening every single uh, part of your mortal body. In the name of Jesus, we command pain to go and never to come back again. We command new organs to be put in these bodies. In the name of Jesus, Jesus already paid for it and we believe it. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. And someone said, Amen. Hallelujah. That's all the servant of faith is waiting for, right? And so what happens when you're on your job and someone says, I have a headache. You don't say, no, wait, I have grandpa. You say, come on over here. Let me pray for you. It doesn't have to be dramatic. Just put your hand on them and say, be healed in Jesus' name. And the servant of faith will get it delivered. Amen. I said, amen. My wife is a Muslim work colleague that she works with. And every time she'd have a problem in her body, she'd say, please pray for me. And my wife would pray for her and pray for her and pray for her. And a few months ago, she called and she said, hey, please, can you pray for me? And my wife said, do you know that I actually pray in Jesus' name? She said, yeah, I know that. That works. She said, mine is not working. Yours works, so please... May you pray for me. Amen. That's a greater testimony than any sermon you can preach to them. Amen. I said amen. And so don't, don't disqualify yourself. Don't, don't look back at what you didn't do or didn't, you know, did. Or, no, J Jesus didn't say you are the one doing the work. It's the servant doing the work. Your faith that he has already given you. It's a gift on the inside of you. And so start using it. Start using it. Every opportunity you get, man, start using it. Amen. If you are here and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to pray for you. And if that's you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand. Every eye closed, every head bowed. We're going to ask you to lift your hand. If that's you, we're going to pray together with you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're all born again. We're all saved, sanctified, going to heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.